Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. And here we are. Happy belated everything. New Year's arising and COVID's uh, coming. COVID's a raging. That is our copywritten phrase you may use it on etsy on whatever you feel would be suitable face masks are good wooden plaques without you know etsy script what if like you did it on like i don't know like patient charts oh you know like if you're in the medical field i'm thinking more like a live laugh love vibe sure like maybe so you're saying like uh some sort of vinyl uh lettering yeah that we could put on walls yeah like and a script. think we were very uh i don't know decorative or deep mm-hmm. what are we going for with those um i think you know you just really want to broadcast to the world i think people that have and anyone listening don't take offense to this if you have any of these phrases in vinyl lettering on your walls or wood signs but i think these people also have large photos of their weddings. 
Oh, interesting theory. Not a theory. It's a fact. Wow. Okay. Like, I think, like, absurdly oversized. And, like, somehow only the wedding, and, like, that's the only thing you've accomplished in your life. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Good thing we only have, like, a five by seven of our wedding. I know. (laughs) We've done some shit. It's true. You've got plenty of diplomas up. I do. You know, it's a whole thing over here. Yeah. We've got a lot of... uh, uh, we don't actually have that much stuff hanging. Well, we don't have a lot of wall space in this home. Because of the windows and the fireplace? Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so. Anyway. Anyway, hello everyone. You probably got like a big photo of your wedding on canvas. Mm. Like that you had printed somewhere. <laughs> or your photographer sold to you. And then uh, you you stumbled across these letters, live life, live, laugh, love. Mm-hmm. Is that one? Live, laugh, love. Yeah. 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 Um, where's the wine? Mm. Maybe you have that in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should get one of those for you. You're just, you know, I think, yeah, I love wine so much. It's my favorite. Is it a drink? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Anyway, hello, everyone. Yeah, I feel like those things are a, sp- a very specific type. Yeah, I agree. I feel like they're also on the on the walls of a lot of uh, military spouses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is to say, a lot of MLM people probably have those vinyl I mean, to make a blanket generalization, I think probably. I nailed it. Pew, pew, blanket you, generalization. Have you ever... Um, gone to the oddly specific shirts subreddit? Uh, no, but I can tell you exactly what that is because I've seen these targeted ads on Facebook. Yes, so many times. Yes, where it's and just I... like, why would anyone make a shirt about Lowell, Massachusetts? Right, exactly. But it's like these these shirts that like here's a here's a here's a onesie. That mm-hmm. says, never underestimate the power of a child born in August. I would go to the ends of the earth for my family. They don't call me baby Dom for nothing. I've joined a pyramid scheme to support my family. If you ever threaten my mom and dad, I will fucking shit my pants. I was born in April. By the way, could I interest you in joining our Avon team? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh, here's, here's, here's a perfect example of one of these. Uh, warning, I'm an electrician and an asshole. Some so if you brain. don't want your feelings hurt, walk away. Aye, aye, aye. Like people buy these things. Like I feel like this is the toxic masculinity flip side of the toxic femininity of the live, laugh, love signs. Oh, you think that's toxic? Kind of, yeah. Oh. I'm like no harm, no foul. I don't care if you have vinyl lettering in your home. Yeah, I but suppose. But I will make a generalization about you. But if you run around with a t-shirt that says you're an asshole. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's I think, more toxic. <laughs> here's, a, here's another one. Being a welder is like having sex. At first you are nervous, but still it's the best thing you ever tried. The more you do it, the better it gets. With experience, you learn to go harder and longer. Love sex. Love being a welder. I wonder what other professions that t-shirt has been made for because nothing was specific about welding. And also that's what, like what you were saying, you get these targeted ads 
So yeah. like Facebook knows that you're a painter or right. whatever, house painter, and then you get one that has that filled in. Yeah, I, I believe I've got some that were like, I was born in August, so blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Much uh, like that onesie. Um, okay, so beyond that, anyway. hello, everyone. Hello. Hope you had a good holiday, whatever holiday you were celebrating. Hope your boxing days were great. Hope your Christmases were tight. Whatever you celebrate, if you celebrate any Kwanzaa, I hope it was off the off of off out of this world fun. And uh, uh, there are other holidays, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope your winter solstice was a sh- uh, very short on light. Oh, there's another subreddit called Targeted Shirts. That one is that one is bigger. I see. Thank you, Dory, for You're sharing welcome. that. Is this something you and the BuzzFeeds would talk about? No. Well, I don't even remember how I saw this. I feel like I saw it in some Facebook group I'm in and was like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. what is up with these? Yeah, I used to see them when I would go on Facebook, but it's been years since I really- Oh, there's also there. a large subgenre of like one's- that like why like wives buy for husbands or husbands buy for wives or like mothers buy for sons or you know what I mean? I think I do. Well, here's an example. I'm not a perfect son, but my crazy mom loves me and that is enough. She's a bit crazy and scares me sometimes, but I love her and she is my best friend. You hurt me and they'll never find your body. Yes, she bought me this. Cool. <laughs> that kind of thing. Anyway, sorry, I really got That us. is incredibly specific. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So, what should we talk about here? Well, Henry was sick over Christmas. This is for any of the non-patrons. Yeah, Henry. Uh, start shortly after you know last week or last time we talked to you guys, we had been to see Men at Work, and uh, really got that in under the skin of our teeth there. Yeah. Regarding the... Uh, Omicron, et cetera. But now that like you only have to be quarantined for five days, it's NBD. I can get right back to work. Thanks, society. <laughs> Thanks, CDC. <laughs> Way to go, Delta uh, Airlines CEO, who God. asked for this yeah. and has somehow granted it. It's like, what is happening? I'll tell you what's happening. Money. Yeah. Money is happening. Money is happening. You're right. We did it, everybody. We live in a boring dystopia. That's my favorite subreddit right now. Boring dystopia? Yep. Ooh, that sounds good. That is that is our Oh uh, no. I might go down a rabbit hole if I join that subreddit. Oh boring dystopia. it's just it's it's sad. It's really sad. Really? Yeah, it's just like you know everything. Yeah. About like people who it's kind of like it's a little bit like the anti work subreddit in a way. Oh sure, sure, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like like, jeez, Louise, something has to change here. Yeah. Um, but well, I think actually when we're all in the metaverse, it'll be fine. Oh, for sure. Web three or whatever. Hit me up, Zuck. Um, yeah, so so we went to Men at Work on Saturday night. We recorded the podcast Sunday. Monday night, Matt said, Henry feels warm. We should take his temperature after his bath. Yeah. And we took it and he didn't have a fever, but he had like high normal. He had like high for him. Yeah. Like it was like 98, nine or something. Right. 
And then he woke up the next morning crying, which like he never does. And he was coughing and had a runny nose. And I was like, he has COVID. And gave him a rapid test. It was negative. Took him to the urgent care by our house and got him a PCR. And also asked to see the doctor, who was kind of a loon. Um, And the doctor, (laughs) the doctor was like, well, he's, he was like, honestly, he's too sick for it to be COVID. I mean, he was correct. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, the way it's like presenting in little kids is like not this sick. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, cool. Right. <laughs> like, like, I guess good that he doesn't have COVID and that he doesn't have to quarantine and we don't have to quarantine. But like, poor dude that like he's so sick that. Yeah he's sicker than COVID and he like checked him out and he didn't really like he, what he was like, his lungs sound clear. It's not like, this doesn't seem like bronchitis or anything and checked him out, checked out his ears. Like couldn't really see anything because he had wax in his ears, but was like, I don't think it's an ear infection. And then maybe it wasn't yet. Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, but then he still had a like on Thursday. He still had a fever. He, he was got still, he got sicker. He got sicker and he got like sadder. He was like really. He was so cranky, so sad, so irritable. Like just not himself, like at all. He's been in his pajamas for a week now. Yeah, and he like refused to get dressed. Which like fine, I don't really care. Actually, one of the nights he didn't even want a bath. Yeah, Remember? and he and he also didn't want to go to sleep. Well, that was. That was like two nights ago or three nights ago. No. He did it twice. Yeah, he did it twice, but I feel like it was... Yeah, he did not want to go to sleep. When he was really sick. Um, And then finally on Thursday, I was like, this is... Something's up. Like, this is not... He's like been... He's had a fever for too long and he's been too cranky. Like, that was what kind of, like, made me be like, something is up here. So I called his pediatrician and was like, I made an appointment to go in to see them that afternoon. And they were in, like, full PPE, like, (laughs) ready to go. It was so rainy, too. Um, Oh, yeah. It was raining. And um, the doctor checked him out she also agreed that he did not have pneumonia or bronchitis and then she went to look in his ear and she was like i can't see anything because he's so much wax i'm gonna have to send in the like wax team the wax team essentially to like flush out his ears and she was like it's gonna be uncomfortable he's not gonna like this and i was like oh boy and they came two of them came in and it was not not fun yeah but they did manage to get enough wax out of at least one ear that she was able to look in. And she was like, oh, yeah, he has an ear infection. And he, she was like, that's why he's been so cranky. And I was like, oh, poor guy. Yeah. So she prescribed some antibiotics. Now went to get them. They only had half of them <laughs> at the group, at the pharmacy. They what day like, was that? That was Thursday. They were like, you Thursday. have to come back Monday for the rest. Yeah, because Christmas. Yeah. There was no Christmas delivery of their whatever. Well, they were closed Christmas. Yeah. Anyway, so within like a day and a half of taking the antibiotics, he was 
clearly like so much better and his fever went away. Um, yeah. And then I like, I would say by, I mean, today he was definitely a hundred percent himself. He still has a coffin, like a little bit of a coffin, a runny yeah. nose. Um, but he's just like so much happier. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, it's just hard, you know, when you're, especially like Christmas, it's like, oh, bud, you're gonna be sick on Christmas. He was sick on Christmas, but he was getting better already on Christmas. Yes. Like he didn't have a fever when he woke up on Christmas and he was, I think he was feeling better enough that he enjoyed Christmas. Yeah. He loved his toys. Yeah. He loved his presents. He loved walking with Bo. Yeah. We went on a family walk and that was fun for him. Yeah, he walked his tiny wooden dog. And Pepe. I walked Bo, and Mama pushed an empty <laughs> carriage. Um, and yeah, he got a Hot Wheels track. He got a Hot Wheels garage. He got He's garage. really into the garage. He's really into the garage. Today. Yeah. He was into the track on Christmas. Um, he, has, he got a garbage truck from his grandparents. Yeah, my parents bought him a garbage truck that he's... I would say the most obsessed with. Yeah. Even though it is the bins that it comes with are the flimsiest plastic known to man and are separated like they're in three parts, which is great for a two year old. <laughs> three. One of which is like tiny and looks like it should be trash. Yeah. Um, so we've already lost at least one. I believe we lost the one off the green. No, off the blue bin. No, there's not a blue bin. There's red, yellow, and green. Then we lost of those the green. Um, he got some Play-Doh, which he's been very into. And he got an easel. Which he was using today a little bit. Yeah. So he did okay. Santa did all right with that Christmas yeah. for him. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what's been going on with us. By the time you hear this, we will be back from our little jaunt to Palm Springs. Um, but we're recording this. Omicron be damned. Before we leave. We're going to the desert. We're going to the desert. Not planning on doing any indoor activities. So it is supposed to rain like the first day we're there, which is kind of a bummer, but um, it's supposed to clear up after that. And then we can, there's a living zoo that's supposed to be great that I think you'll enjoy. I want to take him to Joshua Tree. Yeah. Um, I should take him to Aqua Caliente. Wait, what? That's inside. He'd love the slot machines. That's though. inside. But he'd hit the slot. He'd just, he would just, he mm. would just enjoy it so much. That's good. That's true. Um. So yeah. So that's what's going on with us. Um. Just a reminder that you can still join our Facebook group at facebook.com/group/excellentadventure. Um, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash excellent adventure. We still record two bonus episodes a month and you do also get the back catalog of, uh, Patreon episodes of which there are a tremendous many amount many at this point. Um, email, do email us at Dorian Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail and call us at four one three four six one baby. You can also text us there. Um, we do love getting your emails and your texts and your calls and you know, this, this is, we host the show, but like this is really your show in a way. So we want to so know what's on. No say over the first 15 minutes. Yeah, but we want to know what's on your mind and what you're dealing with. So please get in touch. All right, we're going to take a little break. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, They'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know those like, you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Oh, hello. We're back. Thanks for waiting. Dory's book. Buy it now. Wait, what? What? Thanks for waiting. <laughs> Dory's book. Buy it now. Um. Well, we have an update. Is it about how much straighter I'm hitting my driver? No, it's oh. not. Okay. It's from Lauren, who writes, it's me, the originator of the infertility imposter syndrome conversation. I'll continue. 
I wanted to give everyone a quick update and ask a couple of questions. I can't tell you how much it helped to hear that I wasn't alone in my feelings around feeling like an infertility imposter. It helped me open up to friends I knew who had gone through fertility treatments and find an amazing online support group for people in my area. To those who live in in and around Louisville, I highly recommend the Kentuckiana, Kentuckiana, Kentuckiana Infertility Support Facebook group. As you all predicted, I was met with open arms by all that I shared my experiences with. Thank you so much for sharing my email and the responses and helping me open up about my struggles. A couple of weeks after I wrote in, I found out I was pregnant with what ended up being a chemical pregnancy. I was devastated. A week after that, we had our first appointment with an RE who ended up diagnosing me with PCOS after two previous physicians said I didn't have it, one who based that purely on how I looked and claimed she could diagnose people with PCOS on site. (laughs) That's like a dog sniffing COVID. (laughs) So weird. The RE seemed encouraged that I was able to get pregnant at all prior to seeing him, even though he sympathized with the pain of losing it. We are now trying timed intercourse with an Ovidrel, Ovidrel trigger, Femera, and progesterone supplements. Needless to say, the past couple of months have been a roller coaster ride. Now for the questions. One, before I saw the RE, my, wit- my midwife ran blood work to rule out lupus as a cause for the infertility. Wait, I'm sorry. Your midwife ran blood work? Yeah. Our midwives? Uh, nurse midwives are, uh, I see. you know, n- nurses. Um, Call the midwife. And then someone rides a bicycle to a, a devastating story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should get back into that. Show. Yeah, you really should. Mm-hmm. That was your best pregnancy thing. It was. I don't know why. Uh, this is Lauren again. It came back that I carry antibodies for an autoimmune disease called scleroderma. I have zero actual symptoms of scleroderma, but I wanted to send out the autoimmune disease signal to see if anyone else has had a similar finding and if they found that it, it that it has impacted their fertility. My RE seemed unconcerned, but wants me to follow up with a rheumatologist to be sure. I see them in April. Interesting. Two, it's been suggested to me that I start eating a more Mediterranean diet to help with both the PCOS and lowering inflammation to keep the potential autoimmune disease at bay. I have the worst time making major diet changes and I wondered if you or any listeners have tips on being disciplined enough to actually stick to a lifestyle change such as this. Thank you so much for the wonderful podcast and community you've created. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Lauren. Matt. Oh, P.S. Matt, your bit about the preconception appointment had me laughing aloud. It honestly would have been more fun if the appointment had actually been like that as opposed to what it was. A standard pap smear <laughs> followed by the OBGYN pressuring me to look into genetic testing because of my husband's 1% Ashkenazi Jewish heritage. Oh, dear. <laughs> Dory's, Dory has the remaining 99%. It's true. Um I feel like at a preconception appointment too, if you tell them that you have um, live, laugh, love on your wall, they'll tell you you have PCOS. <laughs> um, okay. I, my advice for the Mediterranean diet is like, I, I personally, like when faced with stuff like this, I, I find that incremental change is a little easier than going for me going like trying to change a million things at once. So for example, I think part of the Mediterranean Mediterranean diet is like eating less red meat and eating more fish. So I would maybe start like replacing one night a week of meat. If you eat meat right now with lamb, 
with fish and maybe like one other night eating vegetarian or something. You know what I mean? Like starting with that and then switching like some other olive stuff. Olive oil. Yeah, olive oil, nuts. Um, nuts and olive oil and, and unleavened bread. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be my advice. And like adding... Like, Feta. Adding feta to everything Um, or just like adding greens at your meal, like not changing everything, but just like kind of like rebalancing a little bit. You won't regret uh, adding some feta. Oh, boy. Are you are you from the feta board? Yep. I'm of the feta committee. I knew it. And I think we should all add a little feta to our breakfast. Hmm. All right. Um, Put it in an omelet, some spinach. (laughs) It's great. You have been talking about a spinach and cheese omelet for I know like weeks. Goat cheese, not feta. yeah. No, I know. It's one. Of, it was one of my staples when I was the healthiest person I had ever been. Mm. A.K. When I met you and <laughs> tricked you into marrying me. Ha ha. Mm. What's health? That's me now. Back then, oh boy, I ran a lot, etc. Yeah, you could do that again. Not with these knees. The bee's knees? The bee's knees. Um, all right. This is from Aaron. I should take up speed golf, which people run. Like oh. they run. Oh. And with then their... hit the golf club and then run. With their clubs? Yeah. And like a round that would take four hours and some odd minutes takes these guys like 45 to 50 minutes. Hmm. Speed golf. Everyone look into it. Thank you. Um, all right. This is from Aaron. Thanks so much for keeping the pod going, even when we don't write in enough. I love hearing your Henry updates. Here's my question. I have one full IVF cycle left on my insurance from work. I've already done two retrievals and three transfers, five embryos transferred total. My egg quality is not good. I'm 40. My last transfer was with donor embryos. It was very draining. I was on twice daily heparin injections, which was a pain. I'm not especially happy with my clinic for the following reasons. One, one of the ultrasound technicians sucks. She couldn't find my ovary with the vaginal wand and use the stomach one. Um... Wait, oh, sorry. Okay. And used the stomach one and pressed so hard she ripped open an incision. What? Mm. And didn't notice I was bleeding everywhere. Yikes. I mean, look, that's crazy. (laughs) Two, I feel like it's all about money with these people. They wouldn't let me go back for an appointment one time because I was having an issue with my card, flagging it as fraudulent. Three, my last transfer, I went in for my pregnancy test and they didn't call me the whole day. There was an issue with their lab system and instead of telling me, they just didn't call. I logged into my patient portal the next day and found out that way that my transfer had failed. Yikes. Four, my doctor has basically blamed my weight for me not getting pregnant. Not my PCOS, endometriosis, one fallopian tube, or bad eggs. It's because I'm a bit overweight despite working out five to six days a week. And he had a very condescending conversation with me where he asked how many calories I take in to weigh as much as I do and then calculated what he thinks I should eat. I'm just over going to this place, but I want to use my last chance. The next closest IVF doctor is probably two to three hours away. Is it worth transferring somewhere else or do I just stick it out with these assholes? (laughs) I just want to feel like regardless of the outcome, I I gave it my best shot. Thanks again for this podcast and this community you've built. Much love to you and to you too and your family. Aaron in Memphis. 
2,000 square feet, two adults, one very tall 13-year-old, one 120-pound dog. Oh, that is a large dog. And one angry cat. Too many hot dogs to count. Um, I think giving it your last best shot would not be going back to these people. I agree. So if that means driving two hours out of Memphis. Uh, oh, by the way, it seems bananas to me that in Memphis there's one IVF clinic. Yeah. Maybe there's only one that takes her insurance. Uh, that would make more sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with this. Like, also, it sounds to me, I think there needs to be a little bit more investigation of your uterus. Because you've done three transfers, including one with donor embryos, which, like, should have been, you know, PGS tested and, like, ready to go. And, like, those didn't work. And so, I feel like you need someone who's, like, a little, who, like, knows what they're doing a little bit more. (laughs) These people sound like they suck. Um, I mean... Uh, starting with incision person yes yeah so but yeah i know it's gonna it's gonna god i don't know it's a lot it's a long drive i get it it's a lot it's but... a lot especially when you have to go in for like monitoring and like all the stuff but and i don't know if it's plausible but if there is a way you can do it i would do that yeah same if there's not a way you can do it then i would say uh, try again with these people that you don't care for. It's not going to work if you try it again with them because you're just not, your mind, it will never get to a positive place. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. This is from Elizabeth. Hi, Doreen, Matt, longtime listener, first time writer, looking to get some feedback on other people's thoughts slash experiences related to our situation. I've been in the TTC world for approximately six years now. Fertility workup at 30 after trying for a year, showed low end of normal AMH, did an IUI and got pregnant with a little boy who we sadly lost at 16 weeks after I went into labor and were on vacation and seen at a tiny hospital and was told nothing to, could be uh. done. Ugh. Saw an MFM and was just told bad luck. We started trying again and got pregnant on our own, but sadly lost that baby at nine weeks. We were followed by the fertility clinic and was taking baby aspirin and progesterone. Had a DNC, but genetic results were inconclusive. Had recurrent loss work up and uh, had recurrent loss workup, and only thing that came back was slightly elevated lupus anticoagulant anticoagulant levels, and was told would need to be on blood thinners for future pregnancy. Tried again and got pregnant on our own. And after a long anxiety filled nine months, had our rainbow baby girl in 2018. Fast forward and have been trying to conceive for the past six months with no success. So saw a new RE as we moved cities, redid all the testing. And AMH was still low. RE recommending IVF, but also that could be weight issues contributing to not conceiving and suggested I lose weight. My dilemma is I've been looking into getting weight loss surgery, but the stipulation is that you have to wait 18 months to two years after the surgery to try to conceive again, which would put me at 38 years old to potentially start trying again. I asked the RE what their thoughts on having the surgery and waiting related to already reduced AMH. He said he would not wait and start IVF now. I feel torn. On the one hand, I feel that being at a lower weight would make potential future pregnancies safer for me and baby and help me feel better overall. But then I'm worried that if I wait that long to try to conceive again, it won't work and we will have missed that boat to try for a second child. The cost of IVF 
is high here in Ontario and the wait time for the partially funded cycle is just as long. So we really would only be able to afford one round of IVF in the future. And I know from previous research, the low AMH may lead to low number of eggs retrieved. Sorry for all the rambling. What would you suggest? Do the weight loss surgery now and try for trying to conceive down the road or just move ahead with trying to conceive an IVF? Thanks. Elizabeth from Ontario, Canada, four hot dogs this year, one three-year-old toddler, senior dog, and husband in 2,000 square feet. Um, well, it doesn't sound like... Uh, it sounds crazy to say. 38. It's not that old. That's true. <coughs> yeah. So... Uh, a healthy, happy 38-year-old you is probably going to be more mentally ready to hit up some IVF. That said, you, your doctor's like, well, no, you don't really need to do that. So, the subtext of your email sounds like you want to do the surgery, which I support. Thank you and good day. Um, I mean, I would just caution against equating happiness with weight loss surgery like you said happier healthy you but that Uh, healthier happier you might not be happier and healthier like you don't know what the outcome of this surgery is going to be um and like you know uh i i think people have complicated feelings about weight loss surgery um and I can't be like the arbiter of telling you yes or no, because I don't know your medical history and, um, I do go for it. (laughs) But my, I mean, I was going to say, I think you should do IVF. This is what we're here for. You know, I think you should just go and do the IVF at the very least bank some embryos, bank them baby. Um, and then kind of reevaluate. Um, I mean, I'm also, curious about the advice to do weight loss surgery prior to potentially getting pregnant again. Where did that advice come from? Because it did not sound like it came from your doctor. Because like your body goes through so much when you're pregnant and I I don't know, that seems I'm, I'm curious like what that, what that is like. Um, But my personal instinct as someone who has never been, you know, faced with this decision um, would be to do the IVF first. So there you go. Yep. yep we're yep, we're yep. so the same but different, honey. I love <laughs> it. Um, it is just about that time to take a brock. All right, let's do that. Be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Okay. Okay, Break we have over. We have returned. We have an email from Corinna that is very long, okay. but very enjoyable. All right. So we're going to read the whole thing. All and by right. we, I mean I am going to read the whole thing. Okay. Dear Matt and Dory and Henry and Bo, 
I am one of those listeners with no connection to IVF. I'm mass age, but unmarried and don't want kids. I found you through Star Trek The Next Conversation, which I found when I started rewatching <laughs> Star Trek The Next Generation from the beginning at the start of the pandemic. Wow. I live in Japan. Uh-huh. And while I used to go home to the States twice a year, it's now been two years since my last trip back. Revisiting a beloved TV show from my childhood and then listening to Matt and Andy talk about it was like hanging out with friends because of Dory's cameos and loving hearing Matt talk about anything, really. I started listening to Excellent Adventure, and I want to say it has made me a better, more compassionate person. Oh, side effect. Being someone who was never interested in having kids. That would be a good like pull quote. You know, if we were like doing an ad for the podcast. Excellent Adventure made me a better, more compassionate person. Corinna. <laughs> um, like those, you see those, you ever Is see that those? Karina? Well, it has two N's. Ah. So I'm pronouncing it Corinna. Um, there's these billboards in Los Angeles for, I think they're mostly for like Wondery podcasts. They are, yeah. And they're just tweets about traffic like, is nothing now that I got my Wondery podcast about whatever it's about. Yeah. Here's the title. And then you're like, but wait, no, really, what is it about? <laughs> um, Everything's I guess, a breeze with this podcast. I what? feel like they're like trying to get you to do that like curiosity gap thing, but like there's not enough information for the curiosity gap where you're just sort of like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what Bill 7349. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't care what a fucking Twitter egg says about this podcast. Anyway, my point is we should take out a billboard. Okay, done. Okay. Um, okay, where were we? Oh, yes. Being someone who was never interested in having kids, I would have been one of those people who, hearing about someone going through the trouble of IVF, would have thought, why don't they just adopt? Though I would never, of course, have actually said that. The thing is, I know people who have adopted, so I had the impression that it's not that hard. But I'd never met anyone who had been through IVF, to my knowledge. Now, having learned how painful it is and how so many people don't tell others, I wonder if I really have known people who suffered through it in silence. So now I find myself more compassionate, not only to people with infertility, but also to parents and to little kids, just by learning from you and your listeners about daily life struggles and also successes. I'm someone who hates spoilers, so I had to listen to the entire show from the beginning at normal speed (laughs) and have finally caught up just in time for a show when you'd had no emails. So here's this giant one. If you do read any of it, feel free to cut out any irrelevant bits. Too bad. I want to thank you for keeping me company whenever I'm cooking or doing dishes at home. I could listen to to you two talk about anything. Wow. Well, like what? I guess anything. Give us a topic. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Having caught up, I finally allowed myself to look at your Instagrams and you are such a beautiful family. I mean, I already knew that, but connecting the voices and stories I've heard to actual photos was truly moving. You two are wonderful people and fantastic parents. You never need to doubt that. I wanted, I waited to write until I'd caught up. So I'll bring up a few things that were talked about a long time ago. But first, I want to ask any other listeners for podcast recommendations. I love podcasts where two people end up talking about their daily lives. It doesn't really have to have any other theme, or if it does, it can be anything, as long as the talk is entertaining and the hosts are real and compassionate like Matt and Dory. I also love great sound quality, but nothing overproduced. Of course, I've started listening Forever 35 from the beginning, so I'm sure that will keep me busy for a while. Hopefully, by the time I'm finished, I will be in a place where I can join all of the Patreons. (laughs) Okay, this is a weird question, but since I'm enjoying Dory's conversation with conversations with kate and also love matt's conversations with andy just a random thought but if kate and andy were to have a podcast together what would it be about do they even know each other they do know they each do other. know each other um they kate and andy have known each other for long before much Dory longer and, and kate or me and andy 
Um, yeah, they're they're both old uh, UCB people. They're both old people, <laughs> and uh, they both were uh, in the improv scene in New York. Uh, in the early the, aughts. At the Upright Citizens Brigade. Um, the original one. Not I don't even know which one's open anymore. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, but maybe it would just be about early 2000s improv. <laughs> Very niche, very niche. You know, not as niche as you'd think, weirdly. I feel like everybody I know that has a podcast could be on that podcast. That would actually be a funny fictional podcast, like a podcast about an improv team in the early aughts. Like they're inventing podcasting but don't even know it? I don't know. We'd have to come up with a storyline. Time travel? What's happening? Um, What if Kate and Matt had a podcast? I mean, it would just be about comforting things from Boston. Yeah, that's true. You guys would have a good Boston podcast. Yes. Um, okay, here are a few questions slash comments I've had throughout my listening journey. When you both first moved to LA, did you ever feel starstruck? What was your most exciting celebrity sighting or interaction? Are you totally over it now? Or is there still a celebrity you would feel excited to meet? If Matt were to tell his kid self that someday he would be friends with Jonathan Frakes, how would his kid self feel about that? Confused. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kid me. I don't know. A kid me, I'd be like, oh, hey, you know, your pal Jonathan Frakes will text you from time to time. Just check in and you'll you'll get happy birthday emails from Weird Al and... Uh, Yeah, it'll be real weird. You'll, I don't know. Yeah, so anyway, what was the question though? The first question was, did you ever feel starstruck when you first moved to LA? Um, twice. Okay, go on. And people, the weirdest people. Uh, Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall. Oh, sure. And uh, Mitch Hurwitz. Oh, okay. <laughs> the wow. creator of Arrested Development. Uh, they were the, And My So-Called Life. There were... The, what? Didn't he create My So-Called Life? Mitch Hurwitz? No. Am I thinking of someone else? Yeah. Who am I thinking of? Mark Cherry, maybe? No. Well... Hmm. Who created My So-Called Life? That's who you're of. thinking of then. Yeah. I guess we'll look it up, everybody. We have the internet yeah. too. Marshall Herskovitz. Ah, Mitch Hurwitz, Marshall Herskovitz. I not, get it. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Not not that different. <laughs> like dis- not that crazy. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um and then she also wants to know are you totally over it now or is there still a celebrity you would feel excited to meet? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, is there still a celebrity I feel excited to meet? I mean, I've met so many and I don't mean that in the sense of like, it's old hat to me. I mean, in the sense of like when I did, when we did, when I did Nerdist and when I did Attack the Show, we, I just was in a position where I was meeting people every week. Um, 
a very cool, unique position. And like, you know, Paul McCartney did that. Mm-hmm. You know, I look like I have a notebook somewhere around here that has notes from the first time Chris and I met to talk about the Nerdist podcast and what it would be. Oh. And we had a guest, like we had guests we wanted to get. And I think the only one that we never got was Harold Ramis. Oh, really? Who had passed away. Oh. Um, but yeah, who would I be? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm sort of now, I think I'm, I'm over it. I think not. I'm not not over the cool factor of it. Like, oh wow, it's crazy! Crazy, but I'm over the deifying of people. Mm. Like in the sense of like, you know, Mitch Hurwitz and Scott Thompson. That was like I was twenty something and working at the Apple Store. Right, right, right. Um, and I hid. In the back, it's like I can't, I can't take him. I gotta hide. And uh, now, I, I just people are people. Like you know, it's, it's just you know, it's crazy. Like in my at Goldberg's when Judd Hirsch started being, you know, playing um, Murray's dad on on Goldberg's. I, it was Judd Hirsch, and I had to. Very quickly, be like, "All right, Jed, no, say it like, no, say this, say this, this is the joke." Mm. <laughs> and then the same thing happened, like when I had to like rewrite that Cheers tag we had when it was George Went and Kirstie Alley and John Ratzenberger and Rhea Perlman. Mm. And I had to quickly sit down uh, with Matt, uh, the writer of the episode, and like we had to we sort of rewrote the tag mm-hmm. in a more Cheersy fashion, mm-hmm. and then got them to print up, got got them. To, Essentially, we were moving sets. We wrote it and then got them to send pages down by the time we got over to the next set. <laughs> wow. Um, and then, like, you know, having them do that, it was just like, no, rat, yeah, Ratzenberger, say it like this. But is it a real fact, though? I'm like, who cares? It's Cliff Clavin. Who cares? <laughs> we all got to be real. I'm like, all right, it's real then. <laughs> um. Okay. Next, I love both of your voices. I'm not meaning to disparage the profession of voice acting, which I know is a difficult job with true skill required, but would either would either of you ever want to try that? You are in the best place for it, after all. I did. And they were like, no. Okay, hold on. Someone asked you one time to submit a tape, and you didn't get the job. And now- No, no, no. I went to a voice acting studio. No, oh, you did? And recorded a whole audition reel. Uh-huh. For them to represent me. Okay. And they said no. But like. That's, I think that's pretty much like, that's that's pretty much like them telling you no. That's one studio. One voice agency. Yeah, one agency. There aren't that many. (laughs) True. So, I mean, I like how you're really like, well, you did the, no. Yeah, I recorded, I did uh, recorded narration for, what the fuck was that? Love Island? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But I didn't get it. But they wanted they they came to me, right? Like, hey, we'd like to see how you would do with this. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I went in and I don't know. I just don't have the range that people look for, I guess. Or those particular people that day were looking for. <laughs> um, I actually would like to try voice acting. Voice acting? Yeah. Like, I mean, work on it with your Mickey impression. Well, I would like to take a class. Is that a thing? Of course it yeah, is. Of course it's a thing. It's like an acting class, but for voice actors. All right. And I think that's how a lot of voice actors get representation. Do you have to make a voice like this? Probably. <laughs> Who's <laughs> there's a there's a master class from Yardley Smith on uh on master class. On voice acting. Not Yardley Smith. I'm sorry, Nancy Cartwright does it. Mm. The voice of Bart Simpson. Not Yardley, who does Lisa. Um, Nancy Cartwright does a, I think a, I think it's a master class. I might be confusing it with something else I saw sometime. On voice acting? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, she does a master class, doesn't she? Yeah, voice acting master class. Nancy Cartwright teaches voice acting. There you go. Hmm. <laughs> it's already crazy. Okay, we Hi, welcome to my class. A voiceover booth can get a little claustrophobic. So how about we do this? What better way to learn about voice acting than from an animated character? I'm going to tell you a little story about a girl from Ohio. The girl got a job at okay. a radio station. Well, I just wanted to be like, I remember now there's a class. Yeah, that's interesting. And here it is. Maybe I'll Why take not it. take it? Maybe I'll take that before I spend, you know, however much money on a... On a... But you could just spend $15 a month. Well, I already have a Masterclass subscription because they advertise on Forever 35. Oh, and I pay for one because why? I don't know. <laughs> I've told you this many times. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. Oh. Um, oh, look at this. We can learn about leadership from Bob Iger. You want me to talk about when I come home at night and my son's asking me what I did today? And I actually say, well, I had a meeting to talk about you know, what are the core attributes of a Disney princess. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, all right. On the topic of the old internet, I loved Homestar Runner too. Does anyone remember LiveJournal? I started hating Facebook lately and missing the sort of deep connections I used to feel with LiveJournal. Was it really that great or is it just nostalgia? Probably mostly nostalgia, but also having it be a journal meant that people who used it could have thoughts longer than 140 characters and were keeping up the art of long form relatively writing. Even writing this letter is proving a challenge for me, like I've become incapable of stringing together thoughts coherently. Certainly not without losing focus multiple times. While I don't have ADHD, I feel that my attention span has drastically reduced since pre-smartphone days. Any suggestions for getting back the ability to deeply focus on things? Is the answer to just turn off my phone? I used to read books, but now I always feel like I need to set aside a significant amount of time for it, and I just never seem to be able to find those blocks of time. Um, yeah. You need a time timer. <laughs> you need a time timer. You need to turn off your phone. Um, pick up a paper book. I was listening to a podcast about golf the other day, and 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 they were talking about it was two YouTube golf people whom I watch regularly. Well, one of them. They were talking about how social media 
and like the way you reach people now and like attention spans and stuff like that and how everybody you like so your brain is just so trained like the first thing you do is open your phone and click on twitter and then you click on instagram and then you click on and i'm just like yeah i used to be like that but now i don't Mm. which is i don't think i'm any better for it Mm -hmm. (laughs) in some ways i feel like i miss a lot of things yeah but also like i don't know i think i am kind of happier not reading it i'm sure you are and i don't i can't tell you how i stopped because i don't remember i remember being and i remember doom scrolling in the early uh 2016 mm-hmm. uh and i just got to a point where i just like i was like this can't, i can't do this this is not good mm-hmm. for my psyche mm-hmm. and uh no thank you and I just sort of, I backed away. <laughs> I backed away slowly. And uh, here we are. Okay. Here we are. Um, okay, I guess that's enough for now. One more thing. When Matt heard someone mention their house in meters squared, he said he'd like to hear about if there are other ways that people measure square footage in other countries. And I have a great one from Japan. They measure it. They measure in tatami mats. <laughs> Even if oh, the room isn't a tatami room, then the size is measured in traditional specified tatami mat size. So my apartment is a total of 55.4 meters squared, which is 596 square feet. But the three main rooms are 5.8 tatami mats, 103 square feet, 6.4 tatami mats, 113 square feet, and 13.3 tatami mats, 236 square feet. While large by Japanese standards, I live in the prefecture with the lowest population density, Hokkaido. So my rent is quite reasonable. I wouldn't be able to find the smallest studio apartment for this much back where I came from, Portland, Oregon. No hot dogs. They're not very common here, though I bet they sell them at baseball games and at Costco. The Costco here is exactly like the ones back home, but alas, I'm not a member. Oh, my God. There's Japanese Costcos? That's awesome. That is pretty cool. Um, Thank you for the awesome podcast, the great work that you do, and always being so open and real. Wishing you the best for the rest of your holiday season. May it be zero stress and full of joy. Well, I mean, a little late for that. <laughs> um, thank you, Corinna. This is such a lovely email to receive. Uh, very thoughtful questions. 10 out of 10. Would email again. I mean, I appreciate that you saved Dory so much money by reminding me that there was a voice acting yeah. teacher thank you. on Masterclass. Um, I'm going to need to play a voicemail. Speaking of voices. Do we have time for that? Um... Yeah, I think we do. Okay, here we go. All right, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, Dory's going to... Oh, that sounds terrible. I should have not plugged turned that on yet. There we go. Okay. Um, I hope it's Bob Iger. It's definitely not Bob Iger. Oh. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, here we go. Okay. Hi, friends. This is Tanya Lemos from Belmont, Massachusetts. First of all, Matt, I'm so sorry I, I say her called name in earlier to help you with Tonya. my name. Tanya Lemos. You're doing a great job. <laughs> but I lost track of the podcast and all podcasts because I started listening to Wheel of Time on audiobook. And man, those books are 58 hours long. Wow. Anyway, you're doing great. Now on Amazon Prime. Um, the reason I called is because I heard the voicemail of someone who called in to talk about going to work and helping kids understand. And certainly when my kids who are six and eight now were younger, 
we definitely did frame it as, well, I have to go to work because I need to make the money to buy the things that help us, you know, have light and get food, et cetera, et cetera. But I tried to start as soon as I could early on also telling the kids that I like to work. I don't work necessarily just because I have to, but because I love my job. I'm a scientist. And also, I like being around other people and seeing things that aren't just the inside of my house and helping people and all of those things so that they understand that there's a part of me that is not being their mom that is really loving the work that I do and contributing to the world. And so that was really important to me. And the last thing is, whenever I tell my kids it's something.net, sometimes they say, it's .com. And they haven't seen Homestar Runner, but somehow I believe they have channeled that. Um, you know, I only eat Costco hot dogs, which are beef hot dogs, and I know that those don't count, and that's okay. Um, so zero real hot dogs this year. But how uh, many don't Costco's? Don't know how big the half of the house we rent is, but um, it's full of a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a cat, and two adults, and... Hello from Massachusetts. We love you guys. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for loving me, Massachusetts. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tanya Lemos. Um, I think Costco hot dogs can be their own category. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you hear that, everyone? So start counting, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um... All right. Well, we have um, another email from Sam who says, Hi, Dorian Matt. Hope you had a wonderful holiday. You were talking a bit ago about how people do not like Matt Lucas being a judge on GBBO. I feel similarly to what you were mentioning. I don't hate Matt per se, but he seems a bit creepy, and I don't think his jokes are any good. <laughs> He's got alopecia. Is that why? A few He's days ago. practically... Uh, the the palest man I've ever seen. Uh, one of my friends mentioned that Matt had done blackface on the show Little Britain, and I was shocked. How had I never heard that before? I believe Matt tried to downplay it because it happened a while ago, but it was only around 2003 to 2007. I don't think that should be an excuse. Yikes. Did you all know about this? Sam from Portland, Oregon. Uh, I watched Little Britain a little bit. It was, it was a banana show. But the, did I remember that? No. I've never watched it, and I was not aware that he did blackface, so that's kind of disturbing. Um, All right, well, this brings us to the end of the show. We don't have any Patreon names to read today because we are recording this early, so we can enjoy our little sojourn to Palm Springs. Uh, So we will get to those next week. and. Can't wait. Happy New Year again, everyone. I'll talk to y'all pretty soon. Bye. Bye.